0: Welcome to First Words, a podcast presented by the First United Methodist Church of Florence. Today's message is brought to you by Senior Pastor Rev. Dale Cohen. Hey, and welcome to the First Words podcast of First United Methodist Church in Florence. I'm Dale Cohen, Senior Pastor, and it's my privilege to Uh, welcome you. Uh, We're continuing our series on the faces of Jesus, and today I'm talking about a light shining in the darkness. And I'm using uh, the inspiration from a painting that Deborah Stubblefield did, and the title of that painting is Light in the Darkness, and you'll be able to see a copy of that uh, on the website. I'm using John's Gospel, chapter 1, Last Tuesday, March 15th, 2022, marked the second anniversary of when we first closed our facilities due to safety concerns around the spread of the coronavirus. We anticipated reopening our facility within weeks, but little did we know at the time that it would be months before we reopened, and then only temporarily. The last two years have been like a roller coaster of emotions, and even though we now feel like we're in a better place... Well, there remains uncertainty regarding new strains of the virus. I've heard people describe this experience as living in a fog or even as an extended period of darkness. It's been a time of uncertainty and anxiety when a matrix of perspectives has emerged with the intersection of medicine, politics, economics, and psychology. Darkness, I believe, is an appropriate metaphor for the isolation and disconnection we felt, leaving us with a desire for lighter and brighter days. Light is a significant theme in the Bible. The epistle of 1 John opens with this thought, This is the message we have heard from God and proclaim to you, that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. The very first command that God gave in creation was, Let there be light. And of course, there was light, and God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Even Jesus identified himself with the light. In John 8, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus isn't talking about physical darkness here, he's talking about the kind of darkness many of us face from time to time, leaving us frustrated and hopeless. Today I want to look at four types of dark days and how the light of God's love can help us deal with this darkness. And The first is the darkness of disappointment. We all know our lives can be disappointing. Things don't always work out the way we hope they will. A little boy was excited on his birthday to see a round wrapped present waiting for him when he awoke that morning and he was sure it was a basketball. Imagine his disappointment when he unwrapped it to find a globe. I wonder if the disappointing experiences we have as children can adequately prepare us for the bigger disappointments in life. Like when we fail to make the team or when a relationship ends or we're passed over for a promotion, or we miss out on an opportunity of a lifetime, or even when we suffer from poor choices we make. When things don't work out the way we plan, we're left to deal with our disappointment. Job, one of the Old Testament characters who suffered tremendously said this, but when I looked for good, evil came, and when I waited for light, darkness came. The only way, unfortunately, to avoid disappointment is to have no expectations, desires, or values. So unless we're willing to abandon all hope, we're going to experience disappointment. But the second kind of darkness is the darkness of stress. Stress occurs when we feel overwhelmed, overextended, and frustrated. It could result from having more to do than we have time to do or unexpected expenses that we can't afford, or because we don't have the energy to deal with all the demands placed on us. The psalmist experienced stress and declared, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me, from the words of my groaning? You may recognize these words because Jesus borrowed these words on the cross to describe his agony. There are times we've all cried out, help me, I'm overloaded, I've got too much to do, I'm stressed out. With everything going on, even right now, we're all stressed. Inflation, war, political upheaval, illness, maybe you have relationship problems. All of these things can cause stress. All these stresses can lead us into a dark period, though, that then may turn into doubt. And that's the third darkness, the darkness of doubt. Life is full of confidence breakers that leave us questioning others and even ourselves. When things don't turn out as we hope, we begin to doubt our choices, the direction we've set for our lives, or even the things we've faith in. In John's gospel again, Jesus said to the crowd, The light is with you for a little longer. Walk while you have the light so that the darkness may not overtake you. If you walk in the darkness, you do not know where you're going. Doubt shares many characteristics with darkness. Doubt causes us to lose our way. It makes us feel like we're walking through a fog or a dimly lighted path. When we're doubting, we look at our past and we're filled with disappointments. When we look at the present, we're filled with fear. When we look at the future, we may have difficulty seeing how things can work out and doubt overtakes our faith. And then this leads to the fourth kind of darkness, the darkness of depression. We can only take so much before we retreat inside ourselves and depression sets in. One description of depression is that depression is anger turned inward. We get angry with our losses, grief, and disappointment, and we blame ourselves, turning that anger inward. When we are depressed, we feel like there's no use even trying. We feel like giving up. In Lamentations, we read, I'll never forget the trouble, the utter lostness, the taste of ashes, the poison I've swallowed. I remember it all. Oh, how well I remember the feeling of hitting bottom. Sometimes identifying the source of our depression is difficult. All we know is we can't go on. We've lost our joy, and it seems like everybody else is happy, which intensifies our pain and loneliness. We feel like the psalmist who wrote, I'm standing my ground, God, shouting for help, at my prayers every morning, on my knees each daybreak. You made lover and neighbor alike dump me, The only friend I have left is darkness. Here's the good news. Darkness is not our dwelling place. We're called to live in the light. From the beginning of time, God has been transforming darkness into light. From God's first declaration of let there be light, God has continually illuminated a way out of the dark. John's gospel again says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. Now, the word that John references here is Jesus. Jesus is the only Word of God. Even though we refer to the Bible as the Word of God, it's only a little w word, Because Jesus is the one true big W word. John says that anyone who believes in Jesus as the word of God, that light can overcome their darkness because Jesus is the one who brings that light. Then John continues. What has come into being in him was life, and that life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Creation emerged from the chaos of darkness, and God's light illuminated its goodness and revealed its restorative order. Life and light go hand in hand. If we open ourselves to the way God works in our lives, we'll see his goodness revealed even in our darkest days. Light is more powerful than darkness, and God brings light. I want to talk about four ways now that God responds to our darkness. And the first is that God is close to us in times of disappointment. Like I said earlier, disappointments are inevitable. We can't avoid them. However, we can look beyond the frustration and see that we're not left alone in our struggles. God is with us. The psalmist said, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. If you're in a season of disappointment, instead of focusing on your circumstances, focus on where God is showing up. God hasn't left you. We never go through anything alone. God is always with us. Even when it feels like there's no way that things can work out, God can redeem any situation, circumstance, or heartache. God envisions so much more for us than the disappointment we face right now. The prophet Jeremiah declares, For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. God, through Jeremiah, is saying, I'm here for you now, and I'll be there for you in the future. Even if you can't find hope right now, I'm hoping for a better future for you. God redeems the disappointments of life to help us to grow. Now, God isn't the one orchestrating our disappointments. We're good enough at causing disappointment for each other so that God does not need to create any more for us. But God does say, yes, you've had pain and problems, but my will for your life is so much more than the problems you're facing now, and so I'm going to make something good out of your situation. And indeed, God is with us no matter what. But secondly, God offers strength for our stressful times. Stress makes us tired and weak, so God offers strength and stamina to help us face our challenges. I love in Philippians where it says, I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. This is a good reminder that we have the strength for whatever comes our way, God makes us ready for anything, and we're equal to any challenge. But here's the catch. We can't do it through our own power, but only with God's power that is made available through Jesus Christ. Nothing can destroy us because God strengthens us in our time of need. But God also guides us when doubt clouds our way. Earlier, I said some people had described the last two years like we've been living in a fog. Whether it's fog or darkness that keeps us from seeing the light, we'll be okay if there's someone who can guide us. The psalmist declares, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And this is important. We don't have to fully understand everything to believe God is with us. When we're fearful about our circumstances and uncertain which way to go, we have a trustworthy God who will guide our next steps if we're willing to listen for his guidance. Most of the time, we're too busy frantically searching for our own answers that we fail to take time to listen for God's direction. Finally, God encourages us in our depression. When life overwhelms us and we get depressed, God doesn't expect us to just get over it. Depression is serious, and we need to pay attention to what's going on with us. Clinical depression can result from chemical imbalances that require medical help. I encourage you to get professional help if your depression persists. However, even seasons of feeling blue should spark a desire to better care for ourselves. Coming to grips with our depression can teach us important lessons about how we've been approaching life. We may be stuck in destructive behaviors that contribute to our blahs. If this is the case, we need to learn more productive ways to approach life, like adopting new attitudes, thoughts, and choices that will help us get unstuck. God isn't interested in judging our depression. He's interested in relieving our depression. In Ephesians 5, we read, For once you were darkness, but now in the Lord you are light. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. When God's light of love shines on us, it may at first feel like judgment. Eventually, though, it helps us understand what's going on to help us take the necessary steps to get out of that pit of despair. It's not easy to do this kind of inventory, but it's the only way. The good news is that the light of Jesus Christ has the power to drive away any darkness. The challenge is we've got to be willing to pursue that light, and then it can shine into the depths of our hearts. Deb Stubblefield's painting served as the inspiration for this sermon, and she herself was inspired by John chapter 1, verse 5, which reads, Jesus' light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. And of her painting, she wrote these words, So often this modern world brings us chaos, turmoil, and darkness. But Jesus is always there. The light of his glorious face shows us the way out of these storms. When that light is our focal point, problems will pale in the light of his presence. We can learn to be joyful even in the midst of adverse circumstances. Many problems can become secondary in the light of his love. At the end of our life path, that light is an entrance to heaven. That hope of heaven encourages us to walk with him along the path of light and life with him. Don't be afraid of the dark days, she says. Hear him saying, peace be still to our restless hearts. He is the light in whom is no darkness at all. I love the combination of the dark swirling hues with the light emerging from the center of Deb's painting. She's captured the turmoil of disappointment, stress, doubt, and depression. But she's given us the hope of the light that brings life, the light of Christ. If you need help seeing the light of Christ, reach out. People are willing to come alongside you and show you the way out of your darkness and into the light of God's love. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks so much for being with us for this episode of First Words. I hope that you'll join us again next week. Um, But in the meantime, feel free to reach out to us if there's anything that we can do for you. Uh, We would love to hear from you and, and hear your comments about these podcasts. Thanks and have a great day. Thank you for listening to First Words. For more information about our services or how to get involved in our community, visit us at fumcflorence.org or facebook.com slash Florence